Does anybody know who Epaphroditus is? You do raise your hand. Jesse's standing there. He's all lost. Jesse's usually got an answer. <laughs> Brother Willie's got an answer. Epaphroditus. No. No. All right, we're going to done now. We're going to, I'm going to answer it for you. Philippians 2.25. You're going to find Epaphroditus' name there. Let me see if the KJV says that. Yes, it does. Epaphroditus. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, but also and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I am the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Now do you know who Epaphroditus is? He was a helper. We don't know what the Bible, only thing we know is his name is there. He was a messenger. It doesn't say he was an apostle. It doesn't say that he was, was a deacon. It doesn't say any of these kinds of things. I'm of the opinion you can gather your own. Epaphroditus was one of you guys. He was the church. You see, Paul thanked them that they sent him. He came to help me. He came to take care of me. This is Paul writing back to Philippians. You remember I told you last week, Philippians, there wouldn't be a Philippians if Paul hadn't went there. If he'd have done what he wanted to do and have gradually granted taking the gospel throughout the world is a good thing. But not if it's not where God wants you to go. God said, no, don't go there. I want you going here. So he had to go through all this to get there. Then he gets beat up, gets put in prison. You know the story. Told you last week. But there wouldn't be a Philippians if he hadn't have listened to the Spirit of God. And so Epaphroditus is there to help him. Why is he there to help him? Into this day and age in society, you break the law, learn your rights, because you could stand a chance to win a whole lot of money from the government if they ever violate your rights. You didn't care about nobody's rights when you was breaking the law. But let me tell you something. Let somebody get arrested and go to jail... You give them a pepper and they're allergic to it, they're going to sue you. That's the world we live in, folks. I worked in it, I know. Everybody's got rights the minute the handcuffs come on because they broke the law and violated somebody else's rights. But we have Paul here who didn't do that. He's in a Roman prison. But he didn't have to worry about the jail administrator or the prison administrator making sure he had all these square meals and clean sheets every day, chance to read books, Bibles, whatever you want to read, the chance to be able to buy 
some potato chips to go along with those long periods between meals. He didn't have all that stuff. When you was locked up back then, if you had nobody, tough luck. They didn't provide food for you. If I got locked up, Brother Eddie has to be my buddy. He's got to come and bring me a sandwich of some kind. You see what I'm talking about? If my pants got tore or my clothes got wore out, then tough luck. The state is not responsible for putting clothes on your back. That's your buddy's fault. And if he ain't got any money and if he ain't going to do it, then you just run around without any clothes on. I mean, I'm making, trying to make a point here. I'm not trying to be funny or be ugly or nothing, but that is how it was. So when he's talking about him, you, you sent this guy. He came. He came on his own to take care of me because the Romans weren't going to do it. They did what they was going to do. That's arrest you and throw you in prison. And if they had, a, had an order to execute you to carry that out, that's what they did. And until that time, if you had no family, no friends, they didn't have to worry about it. You'd starve out pretty soon. Or you'd fight somebody else for a meal or whatever. No big deal. So he's thanking them that this guy came, but this guy wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a deacon. He wasn't a Sunday school teacher. He was a Christian. You hear what I said? He was a Christian. And he went to do what needed to be done. Not for Super Apostle Paul. No, he went to take care of a brother in Christ. That's what he went to do. He did it on his own, and while he's there, he gets sick. He almost dies. You know, if we were to load up and say we're going to go to Nepal here in the next couple of weeks, how many people want to go? It's because of our love for the Lord. We want to serve and be able to do what we can for our brother. You remember little Gopal? He was here preaching a year, less than a year ago. And he, in this email, he's heading out, heading to the mountains to minister to these ministers and to these villages of churches that he has planted while his family is back in Kathmandu. <laughs> Not much better off living in a tent. Boy, don't that really show us something. Think about this for your moms. How many times do you know your mom has been over backwards and took care of you? And the whole time walking down the hall, mumbling under your breath of how mean she is and she just don't understand. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let's all shake our heads because we do. I got upset with my mom a few times, but you know what? I look back and say, man, she really had it going. She knew what was up and she wasn't as stupid as I thought she was. By the way, teenagers, your moms and dads ain't as stupid as you think they are. They've already plowed that ground. They won't tell you they did, but a lot of it, they've done plowed themselves, so they know. They know the tricks. That was free. That wasn't a part of this message. But he talks about this guy named Epaphroditus who came and ministered to him, took care of him, and he was a... He was a there was no distinction between pastor and all these different things. He was a Christian. He believed in Jesus Christ. He was a follower of Jesus Christ. But it says here that he was my brother, my co-worker, and my fellow soldier. It tells who he was. And let me tell you something. This tells who we are if we are in Christ. We're brothers and sisters. 
Many of you are sitting here with your brothers and sisters today. You came to church with Mama because you're in church to do the church thing, and we're here to do this, and we're here with Mama. But let me tell you something. If you were born and you're an only child, we got any only children in here? Raise your hands. A couple of you. Don't worry about it. You've got all kinds of brothers and sisters. You look to your left and right, front and back. If they're saved, you've got brothers and sisters. And your father is God. So he's my brother. We do this thing of brothers and sisters. You know, Brother Carson. I call him Carson at the garden. I call him Mr. Hensley to other people. But then we're in church, so we've got to put the formal thing up. I've got to call him Brother Carson. He's still the same fellow as he is when he's sweaty and got blue jeans on, and so am I. I get sweaty with a suit on on Sunday mornings. But we use this to, to throw this out, but because I call him brother doesn't make him a brother. What matters if he's a brother or not is whether or not he is a child of God, whether he's been born again through the blood of Jesus Christ. If his heart has been changed, he is now my brother. All of you that didn't raise your hands because you're not an only child doesn't mean that when you go to heaven, your sibling is going to be there with you. If they don't get born again, they're not going. This life that we're in will be it. That's all you're going to know them, and for eternity, no more, no more Bob or whoever. Any Bobs in here, I don't want to offend nobody. Bob is a very common name, so it probably hit everybody. But he called him his brother. Because what do brothers and sisters do? Now, me and my brothers and sisters used to fight a little bit. We was poor. Mom and Daddy would go when they make, got some, uh, you remember those cartons of Pepsi come in the big bottles, you know, and there was eight of them in a cart and you carried it like a suitcase? Well, they didn't happen very often. And when we got them, everybody got their share of one and you took off to your bedroom and found a hiding place because somebody else is going to sneak in there and drink your Pepsi. We drink tea and water and milk. And you come in here and get my Pepsi, I'm going to cold cock you. You got your own. You shouldn't have drank it so fast. My brother used to kill me. Let me have a sip. Well, his sips was he could down the whole thing, a whole big bottle. He could just, and he's bigger than me, so I couldn't do nothing about it. But now you let somebody mess with my brother, and I'm there. You understand what I'm talking about, brothers and sisters? You're brothers and sisters in Christ. We've been praying one for another. And notice the guy who is getting mentioned in the Bible here is not a pastor. He's one of the church people. And can I also tell you this? Other than being called to this, there's no difference in you and me. I've been given a message to preach this morning. I hope it goes over well. I hope you get out of it what God intends for you to get. Because he's going to help you to grow. He's going to help me to grow. But you belong to Jesus, Brother Eddie. You got the same Bible I got, and the same Holy Spirit that leads me leads you. So you got to help me when I go to jail, make sure I got some britches and, and vittles, okay? But brothers and sisters, they look out for you. And that's who Paul, he said, this guy is one of my brothers. He's come to take care of me. And by the way, you're, you're worried, and I'm worried that you're worried because he was worried that you were worried that you found out he was sick. Did that make sense, what I just said? 
You see the kind of heart that he had? He didn't write a letter back home that we know of, but Paul wrote a letter back home to say, look, he's coming back to you. And thank you for sending him. And by the way, give honor to him and people like him. Give honor to those who deserve honor. Everybody that's worked in this church and done something, you're no better than anybody else, but you get honor for what you've done. I'm going to name a few right now. Excuse me, i got a cough and I don't know how this is going to sound. <coughs> Allergies. For what you don't know and what you don't understand, you're going to get a gift this morning. Sister Frances, she took care of handling that for us. It was off my back. But it had to be done. And I don't mean that in a bad way of being on my back, but it's what we needed to do. She takes care of that. She stepped up to the plate. Sister Susie is our missions leader. She stepped up to the plate. We have our musicians. They stepped up to the plate. They were here at 9 o'clock yesterday morning for two hours practicing. These young kids that are stepping up to the plate, they're doing what God has called them to do, and nothing's going to stop them. They're staying focused. That's a part of what brothers and sisters are for, is to help us to stay focused. Because you're going to notice he calls him something else in there. He's, he's my friend. He's my friend. He's the guy that I'm with. He, he came to take care of me. My brother. But he's my fellow servant. Is that what it says? My co-worker. He's my helper. We work together. You see how this works? We work together. And as a church, we work together. We do what God gives us to do. Brother Dave got up. He's the men's ministry leader. That's what he does. And he does a very good job at it. Come out some Wednesday night and listen to him speak whenever we have men's fellowship. But that's what he does. And he needs somebody to help him. And we got, we got Brother Jeff back there. And, and, and when, when Bonnie's up or singing, Jason will go back. And he's learning to this, do this and to help. You see, workers, co-workers. You see the picture there? It's everybody. You see, the thing in America is, is church is this. Number one, it's the checkoff. The idea goes like this. This is the leadership pastor okay if it's good we praise God if it's bad pastor what'd you do Bob hurt my feelings pastor what are you going to do about it we see the leadership we see the people up here singing and okay that's the part of the leadership and we don't go much further than that how many of you know that sister Ashley is over there every Sunday with children that's good because she gets down on their level and they're learning about Jesus if, if they have told you something that they've learned about Jesus raise your hands you know that your kids are getting fed. So ministry is going on and she is a fellow worker here at this church with Christ at the head. That's what every church is about. That's why the church was born. That's why Jesus had it to come into existence. That's why he died is so that we are here. We are fellow workers together. We're brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters take care of one another. Right? Three amens. Because we don't get it. We work together. I might do something's bad, but you got my back. 
Everybody else in the world is stabbing you in the back. Brothers and sisters got your back. You want to know if you're a brother or sister? You stabbing or you protecting? That's the question. Am I stabbing or am I protecting? Am I looking out for my brother? We know if we're a brother or sister or not. And by the way, if Jesus, you know what? If we can't get along here on this earth, what makes you think we're going to go to heaven and get along? So it's got to happen. That's a part of what we got to know about. This is what he's talking about. He is my fellow worker. He is, he's with me. He's a co-worker. He does the things that I can't do. I do the things that he can't do. And together, this thing works. We got people that does different jobs sitting in this church this morning. Amen. And every one of them is needed for America to function. Those people who are getting out and raising cows and chickens and getting the eggs, that's why you got them. That's why they're at the store. Somebody had to haul them there. Somebody is putting them on the shelf. Somebody is charging for them. Somebody is receiving the money. So this whole thing just keeps going around and around. Why? Because everybody does some different things. You've been called to different things. And so, Aphroditus, you know about that name, right? You don't see him no more. He wasn't some super apostle or anything like that. He was a worker in the church. And he went and risked his life to look after Paul. But Paul said, he is my brother. I want you to know he is my brother. Give him the honor that he deserves for the work he's doing. All of you, most everybody in here, you guys show up when we do things outside the church for outreach the Easter egg hunt or different things like that. You bring food in. We're fellow workers. But the ideals in American churches today, and maybe for some of you, I don't know. You come to get entertained, and then you go home. Is that an amen? It's somewhere you come to get entertained. You know how I know that? Because when you get entertained, you know, if I go to the movie theater and I fork out nine bucks... To go in there, and if that movie don't any good, if it's no good, if I don't like it, if it didn't do something for me, I tell everybody, don't go there. Don't waste your money. Or if I find out from one of somebody that I know that's real good, oh, don't go see it, it ain't worth it. Don't even wait for the DVD to come out. Then we don't go. See, that's people looking for a performance. Amen? You can't want to have Proverbs 31. Well, most of y'all have heard it so much, you know what Mother's Day is about. Her children will call her blessed. Do your children call you blessed? But this is the real stuff. This is where we meet. This is what's going on here. This is a word that's in the word to let us know so that we can apply it to ourselves. It also says that he's a fellow soldier. You know why I can get up and do what I do? Because I realize that we're in a war. I realize there is a battle going on for souls. It's not about property. It's not about ISIS taking over, which they may be. That's a good word this morning, Jesse. Thank you. But it ain't about that. It's about souls. You see, when this man right here was to get something going on and the devil gets on his back, and what's going to happen? He starts shunning away. He starts getting away. Maybe he has a problem with me. It's going to take a brother or a sister so that this brother don't get lost. Remember what we read in James a few weeks back? You save a sinner. He was talking to brothers and sisters. If you win them back, 
So the first thing that happens is the devil gets on him. Next thing you know, it goes through his family. He gets on him, then you've got three, two, uh, three little girls and a wife, a grandma, a grandpa, a mom, another grandma and grandpa and great-grandma. You see how the devil works? That's called a battle, folks. And it doesn't matter what it is, the devil will use anybody or anything he can to take him to that place. You don't mind me using you, I hope. I don't want to get in trouble with nobody else, brother. But whenever I see that, I might not be able to get to his house and talk to him. He may have said, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to have no words with you. But he might you, Big Mike. He might talk to you. You know why I asked you that? You see, I haven't stopped praying for this man because now I see something and you see something. You understand that something is pulling him away. There's something that's getting between him and God. Mamas, you saw that with your kids. You know what I'm talking about? My mom's knocked on my door before and said, what's wrong? Nothing. And there was something wrong and she knew it. She didn't know what, but she knew something was up. She knew when to sit down on the bed and to talk. Dad was just the opposite. You know, we're all built different. Dads are different. Moms are nurturers. Dads are, what do we do? We beat and take care of, we, we provide. No. That's right. Your kids' legs falling around, you know, it's obviously broke. You, eh, you'll be all right. Just lamp on it for a minute. Just shake it off. You'll be good. Suck it up. Mom's like, no. This is going to be permanent damage. We got to go somewhere and get him fixed. But that's what we do. That's the war that we're in. Can you see that war? Our eyes have to be open to see that. When Brother Eddie gets out of his normal zone, I know something is up. Brother Eddie, what's going on? Nothing. You sure, man? You say it yourself. No, I'm good. Everything's fine. He does that, shakes his hip a little bit, looks around. I've got to hurry up. I've got to get over here. He don't want to talk because something is up. And there's, what else can I do? I'm going to tell you what I can do. I'm going to be doing some hard praying now. You see, you may not realize it or not, and I'm not saying this, I, I'm not looking for a pat on my back because God Almighty knows. But you coming into this church, and if you're on the roll as a member too, not just, but too, I'm praying for you. As the Spirit leads me. But I'm lifting you up in prayer. Because I know that there is an enemy that wants to tear you away. He wants to tear up the work that is being done and he will stop at nothing. And me and you as believers, as brothers and sisters and as fellow workers in Christ and as soldiers, it's called a battle. You want to know what the battle was like last night? We had a good time yesterday, didn't we, sis? A good ride. We got to spend some time with Mama. She looked good. Mama looked good. She was tired. But it was good to see her and hear her voice and get a hug and a kiss from her. Don't act like that. You get hugs and kisses from your husbands and wives, I hope. If you're not, you need to start practicing. Because it's love. And it means something. You know what I'm talking about, right? But I crawled in bed last night and then my phone goes off. Sweetie, pray for mom. Okay. She didn't say anything, it was just a text. So I'm sleeping, and I'm fine. 
And I don't know if she texted or what, and I didn't hear it. I was tired. And then she calls. And I could hear her mom in the background. You know why? Because she's needing prayer. Now, that's not the same kind of war. You know, she needs prayer. But that family needs prayer. That's hard to see somebody go through that. But when a brother or sister gets steered away, when they start getting steered away from the things of God, they're not doing what they used to do for Jesus, and they don't see it. You see, that's called war. Is it not war to come to somebody and say, hey, this is going on in your life and I can see it? They don't want the first thing they're going to do. They're going to lash out at you. But that's the very word that needs to come, and that's called war. The ones that say, oh, big deal, I'll just stay over here on my place and you stay on your place and we'll be good. But you see, you understand, you see what's going on. And that warfare starts whenever you spend time in prayer and pray and pray and pray. How many of you understands what it's like to pray for an hour? I want to see your hands. It's time to be real with Jesus. It don't matter about me. He's in your house. He knows. It don't matter what Ken thinks. It's believed that Jesus spent three hours in prayer the night before he went to the cross. We can read it in about 20 seconds. What's in the Bible, but he spent all this time in prayer. It means something. And you see, if the devil can keep you from praying, and if the devil can keep you from having discerning eyes to see and understand what's going on, and so that you start an intercessory prayer and start praying for somebody and then letting the Spirit of God lead you in this time of prayer and He will keep turning you on and He'll keep giving you things. He may let you see something, but that's called warfare. Get up at 3 o'clock tomorrow morning, stay up all night and pray and then go on to work and do your thing. Do that day in and day out, day in and day out and you tell me it's not work. Oh yes, it's war and it's big, it's big business. That's what warfare is. And he was his fellow fellow warrior. He was a soldier with him. You see, that's what he's called you and me to be. God gave you talent, son. Use it for him. Or don't. God gave you something. Use it for him. Or don't. Because when you don't, the only thing that's hurting is you. You're not doing what God gave you to do. You see what I'm talking about? Whenever it's time to get down to business with the Lord, we find out something here. We got brothers and sisters, we got co-workers, and we got fellow soldiers. And guess who they are? They're Christians. They're not just pastors, they're not just deacons, they're not just, they're Christians. They're the followers of Jesus Christ. So be encouraged today and know, hey, I got something God wants me to do. If you came here and got entertained this morning, the music didn't set you right or the preaching didn't set you right, you got exactly what you came for. You got what you paid for. But if you came and received what Jesus had for you, you'll grow today. I'm not a politician, and I'm not here to fill seats because of checkbooks. I'm here to give you truth. Truth that is going to help you to grow. Truth that is going to help you to live. Truth that is going to take you to another place so that the devil don't get to keep beating you up and keeping you down, beating you up and keeping you down. Do you not understand what I'm talking about? If you do, put your hands together. If you don't, that's good too. It's not because I want praise, but I want to get some reaction out of you. I want to know that you understand what I'm saying. And this is real. And it's 12 o'clock, preacher, it's time to shut up. Because Mother's Day is here and it's time to eat.
You, said, you heard what I just said, right? If it's a movie that's a three-hour movie, I'm going to wait for the DVD. I'm not sitting in a theater that long. But I am going to shut up, and it's not using wisdom. That's all I got. Stand to your feet this morning. You see, there's things that I know that individuals share with me that they don't maybe not share with everybody else. And I'm telling you right now, the spiritual warfare is alive and it's well. And there's things that I know that God has allowed me to see. And maybe some of you have seen. And can I tell you what? He's asking you. Maybe you can't do nothing about it. Maybe you can't go to Bob's house and talk to him. But can I tell you what? You can write his name down. Or you can say my friend and put him on the prayer request and you and us, we will spend time in prayer. Because I'm going to tell you, it makes a difference. Do you believe prayer makes a difference? Amen. Amen. It makes all the difference in the world. And whenever, whenever somebody, you see them getting here and the devil's so good about weeding you out, he's so good about calling you from the herd. Brothers and sisters need to see that. We may not be able to say nothing that's going to make a difference. And then again, we may. We've got to follow the leading of the Spirit. But we can pray. Can't nobody stop me from praying. Right? In schools, we don't allow prayer. No, you can't stop me from praying. I don't need your permission to pray. I got Jesus Christ's permission to pray. You want to put my head on a chop block? Have at it. I'm going to be talking to Jesus when the sword comes down. I'm going to be talking to my Lord because I believe in the power of prayer. If you haven't learned anything in four years, you understand that Ken believes in prayer. And we need to be doing it. We don't just show up and just have at it and just go through the emotions. No, it's right here. It's got to be right here. It's got to be right in our hearts. Amen? Did you get fed today? That's what i got to know. Did you get fed? 